Welcome back to as, episode 17 of Heavy Hops. <laughs> as promised, here's your part two. <laughs> Sick. Welcome back, Amard. Thank you. Yeah. So today we're going to be tasting a little bit of a Dortmunder here, doing a little sensory training with you. Um, how do we want to begin with this? Yeah. I mean, I think we love beer. Everyone that's listening here loves beer. And I think that we kind of have the tendency to look at the marketing of the beer or to read what's on the label or what's on the commercial description and to judge it based on those merits, which means that we're putting the marketing and the style before maybe some of the technical features of the beer. Um, what's in it. And what's in it, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we should, just like we look at food, we should judge it by what's in it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do that at like a, on a professional level? So I'm going to go, I'm going to go off of it. I, I haven't even poured the beer uh, for you guys listening to it. We we're here. Actually we cheated drink. and we poured the beer early because we were thirsty. <laughs> we're actually right. drinking the beer. Uh, I just cracked it open. I have it here uh, sitting by me. So you start with, with the visuals. Uh, you're going to check clarity. You're going to check uh, foam formation, not only the foam formation, but the uh, size of the bubbles, foam structure and how much it lingers. Right. So we start with the color. Uh, what does it look like to me? It's a, it's, it's deep golden. It's not quite a straw. It is a light color beer, uh, deep golden, uh, the bubble size is very fairly big. Uh, when you have uh, large bubbles, you tend to lose the head retention quite a bit. You want the bubbles to be even, the more even they are, the more it's going to last. Um, if you give it a little swirl, and I'm, I'm judging for the temperature, this is this is fridge temperature, just a slightly warmer than fridge temperature. That just I'm literally no have a thermometer. I just, I'm just putting my hands on it and just feeling. So that that will that will lead also to bigger bubbles. Um, just assessing, there is some a slight, just a little bit of turbidity. Not that that matters or not. Judging for uh, uh, the style of the beer, uh, we just like to point that out. When, whenever you 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 see some some sort of turbidity, okay. So after the visual, what do you uh, mean by turbidity? What would we be looking for to see it in uh, in like a? Obviously, we could see it in like a milkshake beer. Yeah, but yeah. when something that doesn't have adjuncts, what what are we looking for? So on the case on the case of this glass too, when I say tur turbidity too, um, I'm used I'm used to various various dif different types of glasses. Mm -hmm. So you see that uh, this this glass is fairly wide here on the base, mm -hmm. and uh, you can see more through it. So it means. That there will be more light hidden in. There will be more more things being scattered. You can detect a little, just a little bit. If you look just under, with your eyes up going downwards, you can see just a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked, uh, FYI, I just worked uh, at production facilities. I worked uh, uh, um, near filters, and I when I when the beer was not up to clarity as much as I wanted, I could definitely pick. Uh, when it's clear, 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 and when there's just a slight bit of turbidity, you, you can kind of tell here. Yeah, but that's just a glass. Not, 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 not that's it's an issue. It's not an issue. I'm just stating the fact that it's. I just don't. I just detect a little bit of turbidity. Mostly um, uh, yeast, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Now we go for aroma. Now here, here's the thing about aroma. 
uh, when you go in for a run, uh, uh, I think when <laughs> remember when James said today you've been doing it wrong. Uh, before my tr my sensory training, with still it's still my training still it goes on because it's about being a human. It's about being human. So you're not going to stop training uh, if you're into if you put your mind to it on on the sensory side of 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 drink you drinking and eating things every single day in your life. But mm -hmm. thinking about it, that's that's what it is. What it is. Uh, what it is that I perceive, and when it comes down, it comes down to sensory. It's all about language. How am I going to communicate what it is that I'm perceiving to you? Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. Now, best practices when you're going for for the aroma, the long draw. When you inhale a long draw, that's not the most efficient way to take a good read of the layers of of uh, aroma that's in the beer. Rather than taking a long draw. Ease in very slowly and take drive by and short, sharp sniffs. Have you ever paid attention on how a dog smelling for things? I'm gonna, I know if you can pick that up, you can. I'm smelling the mic, it's very uh foamy. I, I smell it, <laughs> the plasticky foam, uh, the bursts, mm -hmm. they just help release more of those aromatic compounds. The burst, when you burst over and over again, you can perceive different layers. Mm -hmm. So that's the best practice. I know that we like to do that. It's natural for us to go take that, that long three-second draw. Instead mm -hmm. of that, the drive-by and the short, sharp sniffs. Very quick, very efficient way to do that. And and, and train yourself to, to do that out in the wild. When I say out in the wild, it's at a bar or at a family gathering, whatever you, you like to drink beer. Mm -hmm. Um and then, and then we go for the description, what it is that you that that, that you're uh, that you're perceiving, and then we try to establish a common ground mm -hmm. to nail the 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 language that we were speaking. Because I grew up in the northeast side of Brazil, and there are fruits that I know that I cannot even begin to describe to you. Like mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't even know what words that I use to describe what it is that you they're picking up. Cool. Should we uh, uh, do like a round table? Yeah, like should we do a little like yeah. everyone describes yeah. one yeah. thing? Cool. Sure. I'll start. I'm going to go for the the total layup and say I get like uh, fresh, fresh bread. Mm -hmm. I get like a little bit of and then within that um, I get a little bit of dough, but it's like it's not like raw dough. It's more of like the dough uh, where it's. Yeah, I mean, it's something between dough and bread. It's not like dough with like acid or like some of those raw characteristics, but it's a very fresh flavor mm -hmm. or fresh aroma. Yeah, I mean, I definitely get that. There's a little bit of spice in there that I'm noticing, maybe like like a clovey kind of baking spice. Um, and then there's a there's an overwhelming fruit profile that I'm getting as well. Um, I can't quite pin it, but it's something between like a mango and maybe a papaya or somewhere around there it smells like beer <laughs> it does smell like beer yeah uh, that's that's a very good start to me because i'm, I'm going for the lager uh i saw the monitor i'm going I'm, I'm going for the lager and it definitely has the the lager character the overall well-known lager character that we, we all know know and love uh one of my favorite beers of all time, can I can I say that? I will say that. I'll say that. <laughs> One of my favorite beers of all time is the 
I cannot. Jesus, am I having a? <laughs> Is it right. Stiegel Goldbrow? Yeah, Stiegel Goldbrow. <laughs> That's one of my favorite beers of all time, and uh, uh, it it's one of the most beery beers. When I say the beer smells like beer, it's 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 a very good thing. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting those uh, some sulfur notes. Lager, general general lager character, mm-hmm. and the hop. I, I get the bready. I get malty. Um, it's in a deep end as well, and I just love the color too. Yeah, it is a, a really beautiful beer to look at. Mm-hmm. I I when I think Sam when I think part of developing common language is drinking with those people over and over again. Yeah. Right, the, the hard mm-hmm. task of spending time with someone and drinking with them <laughs> means sometimes you develop a common language. If you grew up in McHenry, I grew up in Chicago, these mm-hmm. are like different places and you also grew up with like a food allergy. Right. So we may have different reference points, even if we're from within two hours drive of each other, we mm-hmm. may have yeah. very different reference points. Absolutely. But because we spent time drinking together, we have common <laughs> language, right? That, that, that's a big one. You talk about food allergy, uh, someone, anybody, um, anybody with a nut allergy, every time you can say, oh yeah, it's nutty. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're talking about with specialty malts, which most of them have uh, some type of nut, nut character how are you going to communicate that to him? that person never had uh uh sorry or doesn't eat nuts don't, don't get that that the, the, the nutty character mm-hmm. start to communicate so language is, is very very important now we go for the taste so with with beer there's no squashing there's no uh, uh it's very it's 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 not a big sip you don't want to fill your mouth uh but you want to take you're going to look for for tactile sensations so those are primarily two carbonation the tingly and the viscosity. The viscosity is also gonna gonna make it linger. Uh, things are gonna keep coming back to your nose as you swallow. You breathe out. You breathe out again, and you're gonna look for. And the retronasal, it's a, another different uh, perspective of of the beer flavor profile. So with with wine, for example, or spirits, we spit it out. With beer, the retronasal really means a whole lot of of deal. That's actually in, in a lot of ways that, that there is how you're going to taste some some of the characters that they're not available before you drink the beer. A lot, some characters are only available to perceive it after you, you, you swallow it. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing that I noticed just immediately with this beverage is that it tastes very similar to what I smelled. Mm-hmm. Very good question. That's a question that I asked my students. Uh, does it taste like it smells? Mm-hmm. Does it mm-hmm. taste like some, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's fricky. Sometimes it does not taste like it smells. Or, or there's a huge contrast. Or I pick up more than I than I did. So to me, it's the retronasal is very pronounced. It's it's what what was in there, but times two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. agree with me? No, absolutely. Um, and like. Uh, build on this allergy idea. So we talked about nuttiness and how someone who has a nut allergy might mm-hmm. not be able to perceive that. Um, as someone who's had a dairy allergy, when it comes to uh, my sense of smell, when it comes to dairy, um, my senses are actually heightened mm-hmm. because of how allergic I am yeah. to it. Oh. I'm hypersensitive to um, just the 
the smell of dairy. And then two, if I accidentally consume it or like I get like that mouthfeel of what dairy could feel like, mm -hmm. I am immediately like, oh, that is creamy or that is like something I probably shouldn't be having right now. And I immediately identify it. So and you I'm go for the pen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm very curious. It's a, a lot of my students. So the, the majority of the class are going to respond to the same, but there's always one or two that I couldn't pick up or I don't understand this. And it's very interesting to dive in and to, to learn why, why is it that you can't pick up? So on mm -hmm. your case, uh, there, there was uh, one of my students was like, uh, I was doing a, an umami. We do a, a, a water mm. dosing, uh, sweet, sour, just to explain what and put it in, in, in the practice. What does sweet, sour, um, bitter, umami, uh, all those isolated tastes. That's not mm -hmm. confused. Taste and flavor. Flavor is a combination of everything. Mm -hmm. Fla flavor is a combination of aroma, taste, sight, uh, even auditory system, and uh, tactile sensations. So uh, the basic, the basic five tastes that we have, we do a water dose. So you can, you can try uh, and have that on your own, and, and and just just break that out in your mind. But the last one was uh, 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 monosodium glutamate to 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 emulate umami, the which is from a natural uh, uh, standpoint, it's what raw proteins taste like. So mm -hmm. we crave those things. It's natural that we can identify them. So we learned that we need that in our system. This guy was not picking up at all. Uh, he was not picking up MSG. And was like, I don't know. I don't understand why. And it's like, talk to me about your diet. And uh, and we went, oh, yeah, soy sauce has a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the, those compounds. Like, yeah, I douse everything in soy sauce. I, I eat <laughs> soy sauce every day. And I'm like, there you go. So let's <laughs> let's try let's try to to up the concentration instead of being th uh, three times the threshold. Let's up to six times the threshold. So and to you, uh, I get a question. Uh, butyric acid. Are you familiar with that? With this with this uh -uh. compound? Butyric acid. It's produced by butyric acid bacteria, and in small, in small concentrations, it uh, tastes like vomit. Good. It's when you vomit. <laughs> When when you ever, I'm mean, I'm sure everybody in this room here <laughs> right. actually vomited in, in their lives. Uh, you know the bile and uh, you know yeah. the, the vomit, the vomiting character. It's not sexy to be talking about this, not <laughs> none, uh, whatsoever. But it's also produced by a lot of bacteria that make up the cheese. Okay. Uh, uh, cheese flavor profile and guess what else? Cheetos used butyric acid. Interesting for a big chunk like uh, butyric acid makes up a big chunk of their flavor profile uh -huh. in higher quantities though it has that cheesy character mm -hmm. um lower quantities and so it's, it's it, a lot of the same compounds will represent something in your mind or in in yourself depending on the concentration mm -hmm. so my, my question if you didn't know if you're not familiar to it, maybe you didn't look for it but if you have a dairy uh, uh um if you're intolerant or if you have an allergy to 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 lactose or 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 dairy products, maybe that will send out to you. And that's like I, I got very curious on say, okay, <laughs> so butyric acid to me is a big one, and a lot of people perceive it as, as vomit. Big quantities or larger quantity or larger concentration of butyric acid will mean that you know it has that cheesy character. But and assy like like mm -hmm. that's what i smell yeah. cheese is, to me is very off-putting no matter what yeah. we're really talking about uh from a smelling 
or like a sensory of the smell standpoint. Um, so every time I'm like in a room with cheese, I'm just like, it just doesn't but it is. smell and, and that appealing to the, me. the word like i hate use the word assy but it's like what people can relate you know mm-hmm. i know it's not it's not pretty it's not it's not a good word to use but it's that's oh i know what you mean uh, yeah i don't mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of that either you know mm-hmm. so yeah back to the beer <laughs> sorry i <laughs> well, we, we no, this was great <laughs> no yeah uh, i love it uh beer's great mm-hmm. <laughs> i was just thinking about uh, something, Sam, with how much you love naturally fermented beers and how much you like naturally fermented cider. Um, why there's so much cheese, there's aroma in, especially like the Bosque ciders and things like that. Uh, and in some Lambic and I've seen you fucking bathe in that shit. Yeah. 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 No, Uh, (laughs) where where does the cheese not show up or so I don't smell the cheese. What I smell is barnyard. Mm-hmm. I smell like if you, for those listening, if you ever are on a farm and you open up the barn door after the animals have been trapped in there all winter, that is what I smell in those kinds of things. I don't really smell that um, assy, pukey, like funky cheese smell so much per se that a lot of other people do get because they are really accustomed to it. Um, I also grew up pretty far from the city, so I'm more attuned to farm kind of smells. Um, there was You're a saying point. I don't know anything about farms. <laughs> you might not know anything about our farms, man. <laughs> no, they were like we had one uh, house that wasn't more than a mile away from a farm, so there's just that that cow shit smell, mm-hmm. all, like all the time. Yeah. Um, it's usually, uh, usually a lot of times uh, the, the the barnyard comes with some sort of medicinal mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. it together. Uh, we describe the barnyard can be described to as a horse blanket. Yeah. When you take the blanket off the horse, mm-hmm. you know, and that all of that uh, um, all of that aroma comes out when you take the horse blanket mm-hmm. out. But I, uh, I I rode horse a couple of times in my life. But I, I am always very I'm very affectionate uh, person. So I like to hug and touch. Uh-huh. And I would get very close <laughs> to the horse. You know, my nose would be right up in there and I would smell it. I was like, you know what? I don't dislike this. I'm actually, I, I do. I do love. Uh, I do. I find myself very acquainted to the flavor profile of a 100 percent abretonomyces fermented beer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. sometimes when 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 the horse blanket really does or the, the barnyard uh, character really does, it's, it's off footing. It's usually when it's accompanying accompanied by a um, medicinal flavor. So. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I recall when we worked at a restaurant together, um, you brought in a beer that was very uh, blue cheese smelling. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who made it. And you probably don't either because I barely remember this beer, but we all tasted it. And as soon as you opened it, you could smell just that funky blue cheese smell. And I was like, that is not very appealing the the thing okay so when when people <laughs> when, when people talk about like blue cheese i actually get like a lot of citrus off blue cheese like mm-hmm. uh, and i get and i have had this with like aged blue cheeses when i've eaten them as well is that there's actually like a really strong lemon rind and orange profile that i get off of that interesting um 
Sorry. Right, right off the bat, you can see that this co- the conversation just got very complex because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's talking about his uh, 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 perception. You're talking about your perception. <laughs> and I'm sitting here listening and saying there is a correlation to, to what you guys are saying, but it's based on the experience. Usually blue cheese, it's it's a sign of a hob oxidation, but there is certain certain other things that shine. Uh, but then there's language because you guys are a little bit far off. Oh, I smell this, uh, oh, but I smell that and I perceive something else. There is a correlation which is related to the hop character. Uh, usually on the, in the case of cheesy or wet, you know, like like uh, uh, bad feet, bad feet mm-hmm. smell, you know, or uh, like a locker Gym locker room. bag. Yeah, a yeah. locker bag. Yeah, those, those are the, that's a pretty big indicative in, in uh, uh, most cases of, of hop oxidation. Um, while we're talking about hop oxidation, <laughs> yeah. this was something I was going to bring up with James, but I totally spaced on. So in these double dry, <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> also, it's nothing to do with the beer we're drinking, but I just wanted to ask. Of course. Is um, there's this like wild hockey bag. Depending on who I'm talking to, I may describe it as if they're from the East Coast, I'll describe it as like lacrosse bag. If they're from the Midwest, I'll call it hockey bag. And hockey bag is more relevant because there is a chill that you get on the hockey bag because of the temperature that Mm -hmm. you're hanging out in. And it's the same smell that I get when I've like opened up hot bags and like smelled them if they've been opened and in a in a freezer for a while. And you get that on these double dry hopped beers that, as we learned earlier, may be excessively hopped. Is that something that's a direct correlation to the condition of the of the hops and yeah. being in open bags? But yeah. can Mo- that in most cases and can that occur in bags of like vintage hops, but that are still sealed? Yes. OK. Yeah. Yeah. The oxygen is going to be there. It will, it will oxidize. Uh, now, another I think uh, Christian, uh, uh, I was I was doing a uh, hop training within uh, uh, within Lalamon, not a uh, sensory training within Lalamon, and uh, there is uh, there is in Belgium when you're talking about traditional lambic beers, they will use aged hops, mm-hmm. which is oxidized to the point that I don't think there's anything left to oxidize. That's, you're, they're a preservative at a certain point, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I do not understand how and, and why uh, they do that and for what purposes. And that's something that, that whenever whenever he's he's around here in the podcast, you could ask him, just just make, make that mental note, uh, but he will give a, a better explanation. He's German, but he knows quite a bit about, about um, how the Belgium uh, will, will brew the beer. Or brew the beer and the reasons why they're they're still doing it th- this way, um, and we're talking about those guys are being brewing the same way for for hundreds and hundreds of years. So yeah. it's 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 you know, back to the tradition and 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 not in the go. It's not that tradition. There's no innova- innovation with tradition. There is and there, there is a reason why people are doing it. But you just not not to think about how you're doing it. I think that's that's the biggest thing to me, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Let's dive back into the beer. I'm going to grab another one from the fridge. That but let's, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> let's uh, let's continue through. So we are talking about uh, uh, our. F- oh, we were talking about a flavor profile. Yeah, I believe is where we left off. Got to love our diversions here. Yeah. Welcome to heavy hops. Yeah. <laughs> 
If you're not familiar, we have uh, at this point 17 episodes for you to uh, of produce. constant diversions. Of yeah. constant diversions. Okay, so <laughs> like, so we we've gotten into uh, the flavor profiles of the beer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've figured out. Uh, we've we've spoken and now developed a little bit of a common language as to uh, well, all right. Is there a Bra- now? I'm curious because you were talking about these delightful Brazilian <laughs> fruits earlier. Is there a Brazilian fruit that this uh, smells like? Uh, not quite. And the one that I was referring to earlier, uh, even the name is quite it's quite ha- hard to pronounce if you're not a Brazilian native, a Brazilian Portuguese na- native speaker, which is called Siriguela. Siriguela. Oh. <laughs> I was proven wrong. You said it. You said it quite well. I had to say cachaça a lot when I worked at one bar. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> and uh, caipirinhas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Siriguela. <laughs> yeah. There's an umlaut in there too. Like the name is. Uh, uh, you can look it up, or or, or I can <laughs> spell it. Siriguela uh, is uh, the size of a berry. Okay. It uh, it has a big pit. It can range from uh, very red to very to being orange, all the spectrum of, of the red color up up, up to be down to very yellow. The consistency it's somewhat of a mango, but it's not that fiber. There, there's not a whole lot of fiber. Uh, uh, the taste it's I cannot even describe. But it's it's not like pineapple, but kind of is. It's kind of like passion fruit, but it's not. And it's like all over the place, very tropical. It has a lot, of, but I cannot tell you exactly what it tastes like. So Siriguela, it will be, that, 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 that's the fruit I was referring to. Um, and with Siriguela, uh, that's the one that's in, that's in my mind right, right now, but there is a bunch of them that, uh, that just you going down, down to Brazil with me and I will take you to, you know, the back roads of Brazil. Or, <laughs> and this is not to Brazil in general. It's This is just the northeast part of Brazil. Mm-hmm. More more like the, the northern northeast part of Brazil. Okay. And Brazil is very, it's, it's big and very uh, uh, diverse, uh, may I add. And uh, people in south of Brazil have no, most uh, most of the people in south of Brazil have no idea of what that fruit even tastes like. So how, how am I going to even begin a conversation? <laughs> and back to the language too. Like uh, we use, let's say, strawberry. Why do we use strawberry to relate to other things? Because it's understood within society that mm-hmm. you as uh, as a kid would know what strawberry tastes like. So we use that as our baseline. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you ever had Siriguela, I could use that as a baseline. It's kind of like Siriguela, but then I will build on top of that. Mm-hmm. To to the interesting perspective about strawberry, though, is it's so ubiquitous with our culture in multiple facets that maybe... I grew up eating strawberries, right? Yeah. But maybe someone else's family didn't really serve them a lot of fruit, and so they're accustomed to strawberry ice cream. So their perception of strawberry is strawberry ice cream, whereas mine's just the actual strawberry. So, like, where does that flavor profile converge where you both understand that? That's such a good point, and it makes me think of uh, isoamylacetate. Isoamylacetate is a... I'm going to try to keep this very, very short... Just uh, uh, to not put people to sleep. <laughs> uh, acetate is what you perceive as a banana. Uh, um, what makes up the, the, the flavor of uh, a half of icing uh, mm-hmm. would be uh, the combination of uh, four vinyl glycol, which is that, that clovey character that you perceive, plus isoamylacetate, which is the banana, which is an aster. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a... Mm-hmm. Uh, the combination of, uh, of both of them also 
can remind you of tutti frutti or tutti frutti. Bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, the bubble gum. The combination mm-hmm. of both is very bubble gummy. But just let's isolate isoamyl acetate. Uh, there is the actual banana. There is isoamyl acetate in bananas. Mm-hmm. The more ripe they are, the more the more quantity. My wife, for example, she does not enjoy a super ripe banana. She likes when it's closer to green. And even when I'm, I'm doing groceries, I try to pick the the one that she will eat. if it if it lingers too much and if it starts to change color uh she'll not go for it uh it means that she doesn't like that a super mm-hmm. banana flavor cavendish that's the name of this variety in europe i th- i'm pretty sure uh and correct me if i'm wrong if anybody in the comments want to con- correct me if i'm wrong but uh banana fruit banana in the united states have not become available in the united states up until the 1940s, give or take. I think it was around, maybe a little before that, but yeah, right, right. around there. Mm-hmm. But Americans had access to banana candy before then. Mm-hmm. There is a variety of banana uh, in Europe called Gros Michel. G-R-O-S, one word, Michel. M-I-C-H-E-L. Gros Michel. That variety has... A lot more isoamyl acetate. I I, I kind of want to say double the amount, but it's very it's kind of like eating a fake banana, mm-hmm. but it is a real <laughs> banana. Mm-hmm. But how you perceive that that isoamyl acetate, you know, is oh this is a real banana. It, it tastes like it's fake because it's too much of it. Mm-hmm. That that variety, it was almost extinct. And what they exported to Brazil to Brazil to the United States was the Cavendish variety, which has a lot less. So it was like, this doesn't taste like bananas. I know what banana tastes like based on their understanding of what the candies, uh, mm. uh, the uh-huh. banana candy smells like. So <laughs> it relates to the story. Yes, it does. You know, yeah. having ice cream, uh, a, a strawberry ice cream and real uh, strawberries, they mm-hmm. will taste different. Right. And that's about the perception. That's so, so that, I'll, and I'll, there there is a lot of food, Food industry tricks that that the the we don't think about mm-hmm. on our day to day life. So that that's the whole perception. It's all about language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think that um, some of this kind of uh, gets into uh, what we were dancing around with James, and that was that there was a time when creating big flavors in big beers meant using. Uh, traditional ingredients to emulate flavors of like chocolate cake or uh, I mean, caramel is not necessarily the most endearing one, but uh, you could get there using traditional beer ingredients. Right. Mm -hmm. And now where we've ended up is using adjuncts to get to not the natural flavors, which was what we were looking for before, but now the artificial, right. Hyper accentuating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, again, it all goes back to that American palate, right? Mm -hmm. We want everything bigger, way bigger. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. It it, those in the case of pastry stouts, they might have started off only using a specialty malt and roasted malt and stuff like that. And then everyone was like, well, we like that flavor. So can you make it bigger? (laughs) I think what it really was, what it came down to in the end was that yeah, we like that, but when you say notes of chocolate cake, I actually just want chocolate cake. <laughs> Give me the cake. Can you just put chocolate cake in the beer, uh-huh. and then it's there. Um, uh-huh. So, I, I, yeah, I think that... Mm, fell off the rail there. Uh, 
the common language is important and common experience is really important. I Definitely. would argue like even in America as well, there's a lot of different experiences that people have that are based on where they grew up, like what we were talking right. about. There's class differences as well, economic differences, geographic mm -hmm. differences. So uh, spending time together is really the best way to actually yeah. develop that common Absolutely. language. Just to what you're saying, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you speak the same language. If you don't do the same level, if you don't have same experiences, it's not going to matter. You don't, mm -hmm. you're not going to establish the, uh, the standard, uh, common ground. Mm -hmm. So, uh, getting back to this beer, which is nothing like the beers we were just talking about. <laughs> I think I've developed an overall impression of this beer. Now that I've looked at it, I've kind of, I know what the marketing is. I, uh, uh but I guess that would be the last step, right? If I'm going to look at it from the perspective of I'm going to judge this beer for what's in the glass, I look at I look at it from the style and the marketing as the last part of an overall perception, or should I be finishing the overall perception before I then factor in what the producer has said this thing is to me? That's a very tough question because it depends on where where you're drinking the beer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are you drinking the beer? Are you drinking this at a party? Are you are you, are you on vacation? Are you on the podcast? Are you? Uh, that's gonna always. And FYI, vacation beer will, would always taste better than anything <laughs> else. If you're drinking, right. if you're drinking a beer, a beer by by the shores of uh, you know the Cape, it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> will taste. That will taste like sweet honey. Um, so it really depends on the, do we have time to think about it? You know, mm -hmm. so um, then it gets subjective. It gets subjective. That, that, that's a very tough question to ask. Um, maybe if you give me a context on, on how you're drinking a beer, maybe it's, it's, it's easier. If you do have, if you do have time to think about it, if you're looking, if you're purchasing a beer off the shelf, um, we know that when you're buying beer by yourself, you have a personal preference. You're going to go towards the thing that, that you want to drink. If you're buying a beer for, for, for a weekday night and you just want to sit down and watch a ball game or, or uh, a, a movie or enjoy a food with it, on that, on that scenario, you, you, the label says one thing, but what's in it says it may say a completely different story. If you find the, uh, if you find the marriage to be perfect... Then, then I think I think you have, really have something special there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I for me, I stop um, at what's in the glass. I think this is um, a bonus. Uh, the can, um, and if there was anything else lingering that I had questions about the beer, then maybe the can could answer it. But um, I think what is within it is what I look for, and that's where like my perception of. Uh, a beer kind of ends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would love to be able to look at uh, beer in that way. But the problem is, is that sometimes we have to decode a lot of language about the beer before we get to that point, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, I mean, this is a whole nother conversation, but I think that um, ultimately you, you rely on your memory bank to make that selection in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that you have to trust what the producer says to a certain point. Um, but you also have to 
look at, say, uh, James's imperial Kolsch with strawberry puree, right, that he may have been referring to earlier, um, you have to notice that that is a different thing from, like, a Sooner Kolsch, and mm. you need to read what's on the label a little bit to get an idea about that. Um, and then judge these things on their own terms, or maybe if you can look at things individually. Mm -hmm. Definitely, absolutely, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. If you, especially if you have the opportunity to do so, because I know that life isn't perfect, and you will be in, this, in a scenario that people are going to hand you a beer. What is this? Or you're not even going to have the chance to ask what that is. You know, you're just going to drink it. Or you're in a social scenario. So, you know, at the end of the day, is beer, mm -hmm. right? And we're here to drink, and we're here <laughs> to have a good time. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amar. It's been a pleasure. No, I love being here. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to talking to you soon, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys.